When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Turner Sparks and Sir Michael Ira Kaplan are on a quest to explore every town in America through the eyes of the scumbags, scoundrels, and world touring comedians who grew up there. Who knows what they'll find out? This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 177. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Michael Kaplan, Ira Kaplan. Yeah, Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on, wait, no, Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Instagram. You can find the show at Lost in America Pod on Instagram. We were over 1,000 Instagram followers now, Kaplan, for our show. How about that? Pretty impressive. People love the show. Pretty, pretty impressive. They say they say the mark of a man is how many Instagram followers his podcast has. We're influencers so, now. We. Uh, how many do you need to become an influencer? How many followers in general? I think it's a thousand. They say. <laughs> it's a, well, one thousand. We're influencing one thousand people to do whatever we want them to do. We can cast a spell over these idiots. We can. You can get them to march into battle. Yes. We can, so let's do it. Should we create a war? We we should I, I I yeah let's do it well no let's not do a war let's be peaceful we're all I, well, this is the time for peace no so. this is the time to take you know this time okay this is you got to take advantage because everyone listen other people are out there taking advantage why not us that's what I always say but anyway uh, so we have over a thousand over there the reason why they're joining and the reason why you all should join is because or follow us is because we're putting up two videos a day clips from not only this show but clips from our Tuesday to Friday our show on Patreon live from the bunker which we're doing four days a week over there five days a week in total if you want to sign up for that go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com Slash Lost in America. The link will be in the description of this show. Patreon subscribers last week. We had three new subscribers. We had the author, Bill mm. Dodson in Seattle. Washington. The author. The one and only. The one and only what author. I think he's the only author that subscribes, subscribes to the show, as far as I know. Um, and then we have uh, my uncle, Uncle Keith Sparks, and your brother, Jeffrey Jeffrey Kaplan. Three new Jeffrey Max Kaplan. Jeffrey Max Cap. Ooh, what a guy. Yeah. So that's yeah, it, well, man. We got those guys have joined over there, and um, Bill joined because his friend Pale joined. We got more from Pale coming up later. And uncle Keith's getting people in Carlsbad now. New Mexico, they're going to be joining soon. So everybody keep spreading it. Keep spreading the word. We made a declaration. Kaplan, tell them about our next because we hit our initial goal was to get two hundred dollars a month. We've now passed that. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, when, when you're motivated, you have to create new goals for yourself. Stay motivated. Tell you know, people was, about our new goal. Uh, so our new goal, because you know, I, I we need to conquer the world. We need to keep fresh. So our goal is four hundred dollars. We're not we're not satisfied with two hundred. That was I, I, there was a buzz for a little bit, but four hundred is better. We want to get to four hundred. We need your help. And once we get there, I think we should do something to celebrate. Of course we should, because Kaplan, everyone knows we can't live off two hundred dollars a month. But who can live off two hundred dollars a month? Four hundred. We? Now we're talking. We can live yeah. off four hundred. So if we get to four hundred dollars a month in Patreon subscribers, we will throw a party once a year in New York City for all of our Patreon subscribers. We'll give you like you know a few months out to plan if you want to fly into New York. Um, Cap, there's a lot of things we can do. I think it has to include a stand, uh, either a stand-up show or a live podcast. Almost like yes, I think like- it should be a live podcast. That's what we should do. That's a, a good idea. Or a stand-up show with you on it. How about that? You, oh, I could do that too. Maybe we get people like Jared Freed, uh, like Gus Tate, some of our regulars who are on this show. The either the one. problem is if we invite all of our patriots to a live podcast or live stand-up show, all of the guests will be. We need to get um, somebody to pay for the stand-up show. No. Well, uh, if, first of all, if they're stand up again, and we have to see that. <laughs> True. Once they're, once that is available again, Kaplan, I got I got connections. I can get everyone free tickets to the show. And I think what we do is we float the bill on the happy hour before the show. We all meet up. We go to a happy hour. You and I oh. float the bill. Wow. And then High we, rollers. we get them into the show for free. No top shelf, guys. Bottom shelf, but bottom, it'll be good. It'll be please, free. bottom shelf only. Come on. It'll be... Uh, it's only 400. Beer, it's Natty Light and uh, Milwaukee's Best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we get them into the show. Whether, yeah, maybe a live podcast is a good idea, but either live podcast, something like that, or the other, thi- the other idea is we do the show and then we do after party. So it's either pre-party or after party. Oh, an after party. That could be fun. And maybe we float the after party. But if we float the happy hour cap, think about it. That's less money for us because we find a good happy hour deal. That's that's smart. That's, that's whatever's cheaper. That's one of those numbers. Cheaper is the motto of this podcast. And and we'll talk to Blunt John about getting some cheese puffs. He got a supplier. <laughs> he got a good deal. And uh, yeah, do you think we'll ever get back to a time when people are eating cheese puffs at parties where you put your hands in a bowl and sharing them with other people? Well, you bring this up, right. cheese puffs. I'm not sure, but let me. I, my dad called me. Gary Sparks called me furious the other day. And he said, I have hate mail. I can't wait to write it out. I need to call you and tell you. Kaplan. Hate, keeps, it's a hate call. It's hate a hate call. call. It's specifically for you, Cap. <laughs> he said, Mike, he said, I'm listening to the podcast and Kaplan keeps calling, <laughs> talking about cheese pus. And why is he saying bad things about the sparks? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking that- about? He goes, cheese pus is sparks in Spanish. And why does he keep mentioning that? I'm like, he's saying the word cheese puffs. <laughs> like, Wait, what is spark? What is sparks in Spanish? It's tr- when you translate the, the the spark like a it's a spark. It's chispas, c h i s p a s, something like chispas. that. And my dad, but, but you don't go by your last name. Like um, that's not how you last names don't translate into other languages that way. Not in, yeah, no. So he thought you were saying how terrible these cheese puffs were, and he thought you were cheese talking puffs. about our family. Oh, the cheese puffs! I can't deal with it. <laughs> Baby face cheese puffs. Oh, that's a great character name for an alias, cheese puffs. You're, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Your you're Spanish doppelganger. What's Spanish for Turner? Uh, don't I don't know. know. In Chinese, it's Diagato, which means U turn. Diagato cheese pass. Diagato is a good combo character. Cheese pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great, great villain. Sparks. Yeah. 
So that's I, I forgot about it until you just kept mentioning cheese puffs again. But anyway, we will say no cheese puffs, mostly cheese pass. The cheese pass will be there. We will not be serving cheese puffs. But yeah, maybe that's the idea. We do a happy hour and then we do something like New York Comedy Club, whether it's a live pod or it's a uh, and that'd be fun. Live pod. We get everyone to come over or a show where you perform one of those. We're going to make it happen on the podcast today. We have Dr. Lizzie Ross Kaplan. You know her. I didn't I don't know Do- if I know her. Um, I might have met her once, but I don't know. You might, you might have met her at some. Did you ever come to our New Year's Eve parties back in the day in New York City or I, you weren't around for that? I was not around. I was I was deep. Oh. kind of. All right. She would have been there and she would have been, I, I think, uh, your brother's wedding. And you might have met her before, but. Uh, I was on her podcast. She's a, she, House of Pod is a medical podcast, and they wanted to have me on a while back because uh, you know I was a hot commodity in the as a, as a podcaster who had a heart attack. I was a big guest. Everyone and why is me. she on our podcast? Let's tell the people. Well, she, yeah, and she's on our podcast because she's a doctor. So she's going to come here today and talk about uh, COVID nineteen. Which did you know COVID nineteen? Do you know what it means? What it stands for? No, but is this like something? Because I've read people online like fake, like sharing fake news about what it stands for. Right. So I thought the fake news. I didn't know it was fake news all the time. I thought it was like the nineteenth coronavirus. It's actually because because it was two thousand nineteen. It was discovered. Pretty simple. <laughs> so, oh, that, I actually so, didn't know that. But let's a little more yeah, on so her. She's, so she's a doctor and she's based out of San Francisco. Uh, and she came. She did what we call a mitzvah in, in the Jewish faith. But just a really, she got on a plane, flew to New York, was in a hospital last week, I believe, all last week in New York City, helping out because you do not have enough doctors and nurses and medical workers to deal with the crisis here. So she was here helping out. So we're going to talk about her experience and see maybe we can learn a few things. She was right? working in a hospital in New York City, yeah. volunteering yeah. at the time. Yeah, that's great. And she's because as we've been talking about, every network, every big media outlet has a doctor. You know, they got Dr. Drew on some of these shows or Fox News has Dr. Oz. We now have Dr. Ross. We got into the game. We need oh, our right. doctor. Yeah, we talked about this on our Patreon show. We talked about we talked about all these hack doctors, Dr. Oz. CNN has Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Gupta. We didn't even talk about Dr. Phil, but he came out after we went to air with his idiotic comments about like you never have closed anything. Uh, he's not even a real doctor. So we say we have to get a doctor, but we're not going to get a hack. We're going to get a real doctor. So now we have a doctor to the pod who's going to give us some expert opinions and advice and uh, facts, right? Facts we're going to learn. We're, we're learn. We, we don't learn a lot in this podcast. Every once in a while. This is a learning episode. We're asking every yeah. question that we've had in our mind that you get, you know, some news from some half, half stories, half truths from certain mm. people. We're going to ask and find out what's the real story and what's really going on in there. But Kat, before we get to all of that, we have hate mail to get to. Pat. So the, this is not about your last name. Though. This is actual hate mail. Someone wrote. This is not a hate phone call. Yeah, this is okay. hate <laughs> mail. A letter written in. It arrived at my doorstep. It's from one of our listeners, one of our Patreon subscribers, which is the only people we take hate mail from. If you want to send yeah. us hate, you got to give us at least five dollars a month, and then you can tell us whatever you want. Palais, you tell us to fuck ourselves. Palais yeah. is a subscriber. Palais in Cleveland. Them Gary Sparks in Sacramento. These people. All right. So, should we play the hate mail music? Yeah, we still have it, right? Love the music. Play the music. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Don't hate me because I'm the best. Don't hate me because I'm the champion. Just love me like all the rest do. 
All right, we're back, Kaplan. Palette, love the music. That's really nerf herder. If you haven't checked them out yet by this point, go listen. I mean, I would love to go back through all of our podcasts and just count how many times one of us has said, love the music. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Pale writes in. Pale writes in. He says, first of all, thank you for the awesome podcast. I started listening when you guys started out, and the development over time is amazing. You guys are <laughs> nailing it. Yeah, baby. That's not hate. I love it. Cap- That's love. Kaplan asked. Now, now we're getting into a couple of corrections. Kaplan asked about kids. Oh, so Palais, if you remember, he's from Denmark originally. I knew him out in China. We played in a band together, the Jackie Treehorn Experience. We were very big around the eastern seaboard of China. And uh, now he's in Cleveland, uh, Ohio, I believe. So Kaplan asked, he, he says, Kaplan asked about kids going back to school in Denmark, which is right but only K through five and the new and the new regulations um, about having to spread out when they're in school basically means basically means that the K the sixth through 12th graders can't go back to school because they have nowhere to go because K through five have taken up all the space. That's interesting because I was thinking of how we should do it here. And I was thinking like high school is so important. It seems amazing. The kids are missing out and they should do, I was thinking in America, we should do the opposite. Like they should just go back high school, but because there wouldn't be enough space, they'd have to send high school kids to like, some kids would be like in like a little, like, like, like there'd be big high schoolers would be sitting around like a second grade classroom. Their legs too big for the desk. Yeah, and all like that. Billy but Madison. <laughs> exactly. Peeing. That's what I thought could be a solution. They'd be peeing in one of those like little kid urinals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a movie idea. When this is over, let's write that down. Uh, well, I think probably what it is is people like you and uh, the Sparks over here, the uh, the cheese the cheese spots, the cheese spots of Arlington. I think they're in desperate need of getting their kids out of their hair. So the first people you send back are the yeah. um, the the K through fifth graders because they're the ones that let's just like get out of here, get in, get some yeah, we- babysit. You know, there's a guy, there's a, there's a place in the neighborhood, a private company that does, um, like after school curriculum, like classes and stuff. And the guy right before we went to air, I saw, he put a post up of like proposals for reopening. Like, these are all the measures we're thinking of taking. What do you think? And I didn't read them. I just wrote, great. We're in like, (laughs) I'm sure you're going to do lots of distancing and masks and gloves and whatever. You tell me later, where do I pay? Where do I sign off? But yeah, so that's, uh, that's, I, I guess Denmark, Denmark knows they're just like us. They have the same problems, the same pain in the ass kids. Well, that would be everywhere around the world. They have the same oh, yes. pain, pain in the ass kids. That's what really ties the world together. Yeah. Yeah. Pain in the ass kids. The common enemy are children. <laughs> the invisible, they're not invisible enemy. The common enemy. <laughs> the world's common. They always say that there won't be world peace until aliens attack, but I think it's really like this uh, Zoomer generation. When they attack the Zoomers. Us, uh, which yeah, they are now told- because none of them know they have coronavirus and they're going around affecting the world with it. So, um, yeah. And then he has one more thing to say. He says, this is a, a follow up. He says, hey, episode 20 of the Patreon show. I think I was asked, we were talking about our Chinese kids going back to school and I had said, no, here's the deal. Pale knows his, his wife and his kids. Uh, ironically, I don't know if this is ironically, I don't know if that's the right word, but on March 16th, he says they went back to China. His wife's Chinese, so his kids are half Chinese. So on March 16th, they went back to China to see family. And um, sorry, I believe his wife is American, but uh, Chinese heritage. Uh, That's the story right. Anyway, they went to China to see family, and they've now been stuck there uh, since then. So he has, so his kids are in school over there now for like somehow. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you get stuck in China, they just let you go to school there? In some way, because he knows about it. He says some kids in China are back in school. Uh, my 11-year-old daughter is in international school in China, started last Thursday. Yeah. So they're now... That's, like another, that's another comedy movie. You just get trapped in a country. You got to go to their school. The kids... Yeah, you become one of them. It's like the We Bought a Zoo of coronavirus. (laughs) So so China's back to school everywhere or just certain cities, you think? We don't know. Unclear. We'll have to wait till next week to see what Palais writes in. You got to use your connections and find us a guest in Wuhan. I want to know what's going on there. I could do that. I could get us a comedian in Wuhan. How about that? Yeah, get us a Wuhan, Wuhan's finest comic or ice cream. Did you have ice cream trucks in Wuhan? We did not. Um, but I can definitely get us a comedian. There's a whole comedy scene there. I could make a couple calls and get us. I mean, I don't know how funny it is these days, but um, <laughs> I can get somebody. Um, all right, Cap, I want to move on. Thank you, Palais. He says, by the way, he yeah. says, see you guys. Thanks for the great show. See you guys in the bunker. We'll see you in the bunker, Palais. Um, yeah. Couple business ideas. Do you mind I run through them quickly before we get to Lizzie? This is where we shop around our business ideas and people steal them from us. Go. Any, listen, people are going to make, as we've been talking about for months, I mean, at least a month now, people are going to make money off of this pandemic. It might as well be us. It might as well be our listeners. Here's a few ideas. Lemons out of lemonade or the other way or however that saying goes. First, right. this idea. Masks, 95. What are they called? In 95? In 95 masks with air fresheners in them. Air ninety. I don't so know. Bre- you breath. mean like for your breath or going out? For which for, way is it fresher? It's uh. So if you, I'm saying you're walking down the street, you burp, and you have a mask on, you burp, right? Uh-huh. I want that burp to be converted through the N95 machine and shoot out daisies, roses, uh, mints, whatever flavor, whatever scent you might want. And you know what else? Yeah's family could do this because the the Yeah family history they have a whole uh, company that that um, bu- they make scents for fragrances. No, the family business. The family business. So maybe this is a business idea for me. You know, for the family over here. But um, does, what do you think about that it, idea? Well, does it also? Because I was thinking of one of the positives, which I was going to talk about on the podcast on the, on the bunker show, but is that the, the mask covers up if your breath is bad if you forget to brush your teeth and you have to go out or you, you know whatever you, sometimes you forget you're not doing a morning or you you eat some garlic you just go outside you don't have to feel bad because you got a mask on nobody could tell um but maybe does it also do breath like it almost got like some scope effect where it comes back into you and freshens your breath up in general or you have to have burped or something no well i don't think i think if you're standing next to someone with an n95 mask yes if they breathe into it and then the breath comes out goes through the n95 filter and gets to you it's going to be filtered air but it's not necessarily going to smell great you know what i'm saying it's just not going to have coronavirus anymore i think is right yeah but so now we want nice smelling air we want nice smelling air so not only do you not have coronavirus, but maybe what are those things people put in cars you know when you're in high school (laughs) those those, like dirty air freshener things yeah because it used to be you used to not be able to smoke weed in your car now everyone just goes nuts so they don't think they need air fresheners yeah back before you couldn't when you couldn't smoke weed in your car everyone had those little air freshener things in their car maybe it was like a tree a christmas tree that hung through the um uh, by the dashboard, you know, one of those, throw it in a mask and away we go. So that's my first idea. Second, that's a good idea. I mean, I think anything you do with masks is, is a good idea. Like Randy already spent a lot of money. She got me an Eagles. Uh, she's getting the kids Sonic, the Hedgehog masks, all these different masks. We're just spending, we got to spend money on different themes. So yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I that's like a good it. one. Okay. Next business idea. Start a religion. <laughs> not as good. What? I have we not, no, no, no. This is great because religions, are exempt from having to social distance. 
right? In many states around the United States, for, for sure, Florida. I know that you can have church services. It's con- it's unconstitutional to block a church service. So all we do, we start a church and then we go, hey, Philadelphia 76ers, you want to have a game next week? Let Kaplan and I come preach for 10 minutes before the game at halftime and after. Pay us a couple million dollars and the game oh. can continue. You see, what That's actually a genius idea you stumbled across is that if like the NBA wanted a loophole, they could just say we're now a religion. Yeah, I didn't and- stumble across <laughs> it. I've, I've been racking my brain all week coming up with it. Stumble across. I mean, I don't think I, – I don't – the thing of it is, is that I think it, us it, that, that you're going to give religion a bad name, us idiots, if we do that. We don't want to. We don't want to inflame tensions any further. So, I, I mean, you already could start a religion for the tax purposes, right? Sure. And for the uh, many wives you're allowed, if you're if that's your religion, right? Yeah. So now you're saying you could also do it so you don't have to social distance. Well, uh, no, I'm saying, so listen, we, we always say on this podcast, we're going to make money one way or the other, whether it's people giving us Patreon money or us coming up with ideas for businesses. <laughs> right. So I'm just trying to get us to feed our families. I'm not saying social distance or don't. I'm saying if people are going to do it anyway. We but we would have to hire a fake preacher to do our preachings. I don't want to have to be around all these people. No, when they're you not can social get distance. online. It's 50 bucks. You can get a, uh, you can become a preacher. <laughs> You pay somebody, you can get licensed. I listen. I'm just an ideas guy. If you want to be the naysayer, hey, be the naysayer. Hey, I got, I got an idea. He's speaking of online. Is we should be doing. I saw you can do Zoom uh, weddings now in New York City. That's like authorized to marry people. We should be getting author. Uh, we should get. Uh, I want to marry people, fans of the podcast, new listeners, anybody. The Zoom weddings, 50 bucks, whatever you want to pay me, I'll marry you. That's you know? a great idea. And if you want yeah, to propose, but you, you know, you're, let us do the proposal for you even. We will do the proposal. <laughs> we will, we will, I will Zoom, uh, lay, put a lot of flowers in the room. Listen, Gina, and, uh, Steve's been a real, uh, really India for a while now. And he wants yeah, to take is, it to the next step. This could be the new, like, I can't believe people get proposed at like a basketball game thing. Yeah. We're like, I can't believe we're in the middle of like a Zoom call with like your, your workplace happy hour, 11 people on Zoom, and all of a sudden Steve's proposing to Gina. <laughs> that could be the new move. They call uh, us in. Yeah, we call us. Oh, Zoom bomb, who's coming in? Oh, my God. It says wacky host of my favorite podcast. We got some news. Roses are red. It all began a day. It was a blind day. You know how Steve hates setups usually. You know. This you know, one was Gina. You know. But this one was something about this one was different. <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right. You were that's... like, oh, you were like, listen, he's dated all. You were like, no, he knew right away. You were the one. And like any he was... girl, he, you were different from any girl. He, he sent an email out to all his friends. He sent an email and... the night after the first date. And then we picked my brother up from a. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of Rain Man. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Cap, I think these are great ideas. We've given these people enough. Let's get to Lizzie, and then everybody stick around. We got news out. But Lizzie's. Yeah, Do- Dr. Ross. We, let's be like, uh, you know, Trump always forgets to call the doctors by the doctors. He calls them Dr. Fauci, but then he calls her Deborah. Sure. And it's yeah. like, Dr. Dr. Ross. Dr. Ross is here. We have a real doctor, not, not a Dr. Phil fake, a real one. Let's call her up. Call her up.
All right, we're back with our guest, Lizzie Ross. Lizzie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for doing it. So are you now in San Francisco? I am back in San Francisco. I'm a gastroenterology doctor, obviously with a podcast. I mean, that's what we do in San Francisco, (laughs) the House of Pod. And um, I volunteered last week in New York City at Bellevue Hospital, which is where I trained. And I feel very connected to for many reasons. I still have lots of family and friends in New York and, you know, it's pretty quiet. Fortunately, we're very fortunate in San Francisco. So sitting at home all day, every day and calling patients and doing work, but, um, not, you know, not the same kind of work. And so it was really hard to hear about what was going on in New York. So I had the opportunity. So I went just for, um, a week. And how I was, I was going to ask how you got connected with this hospital, but it's where you started. So what, yeah. um, did you have a place to stay in New York? I guess so. So we had free hotel and free flights, but we did volunteer our time. So there's a lot of nurses and doctors who might be traveling docs. If you've heard of the term locum tenum. So I think some people were making money, but a lot of people were volunteering their time. So, you know, I took vacation from my work work and then volunteered at New York. So, you know, it's a net loss, but I had a free flight and a free hotel in Times Square, which is really not a fun place to stay, whether or not there's a pandemic. But um, I think it's better now, though. It's less, uh, is it less crazy there now? I haven't been, totally. I haven't been in Manhattan. Yeah. It's silent and it's creepy, but the lights are still on in Times Square, which is, makes it even Oof. a little bit more creepy. But, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but there's no like food delivery in Times Square. If you're a tourist in Times Square, you're not in your hotel doing takeout or delivery. So yeah. there's not a lot of food options. It was a different, a different beast, a different New York, you know? There was no Elmo's and people dressed up as like weird. They don't, they don't <laughs> right. exist anymore. The naked cowboy, right? Those are, those are, yeah, the naked cowboy is not essential. <laughs> <laughs> right, alcohol, yeah. alcohol, groceries, and the naked cowboy are essential. <laughs> it would be amazing if the naked cowboy was in a mask, but still naked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that would be wonderful. That would be like yeah. a great New York story. We should get that guy out there. Yeah, yeah. It so does say something about America, though, that the the lights are still on because what happened? Because someone paid for those advertisements. Yeah, so totally. They're gonna run them, whether no, whether yeah. anyone's there or not, right? <laughs> It's true, but I think there's enough photographers and tourists out there posting pictures of an empty Times Square that maybe these guys are getting money for their advertisements, you know? The only people there are the people posting pictures, trying to get everyone else uh, taking pictures to get out of their shot. Right. Someone told me that in Vegas, they shut the lights down, but that was really um, very grim and people were very miserable. So um, maybe Times Square, yeah, turn, took a lesson from them. I'm not quite sure if that's and who true. Did, uh, who, who, who supplied the hotel and the airfare? Was that from like a... That's a great question. I don't... Bellevue is a city hospital, so I don't know if it's New York City, New York State. I doubt it's... Based on what's going on, I doubt it's the federal government. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, everything was free. It was easier than you would have expected. I definitely thought there'd be a lot of glitches Everything was up and running. I asked about volunteering on a Wednesday, and I think on a Friday I got the green light. Because you can wow. imagine, I need credentials. I can't just walk into a hospital and take care of patients and log onto a computer. So the fact that they got that all going in like a couple of days is really, you know, incredible and outstanding. And, and were there yeah. other people doing this, or was this just you because you were connected with the hospital because you knew everybody? There were dozens of volunteers. I have to say, in all this sadness and all the death. Um, and it actually saddens me to think that people are doubting the fact that people are dying every day. Um, 
but uh, there was dozens of volunteers. It was very uplifting, very inspiring, you know, very uh, kind of awesome. You know, you had old people and young people. I was working, we were taking care of patients, adult adults in on the medicine team or critical care. I was working with an obstetrician. I was working with a pediatrician. You know, I was working with an anesthesiologist. It was people from all aspects of the country and all aspects of medicine coming together and, and, and working together. You know, it was, it was very cool. That's any foot doctors. Kaplan's dad <laughs> talked about Kaplan no, as a foot doctor. I don't know if it was an emergency. Yeah. There was no podiatrist, but there were plastic surgeons like on my team and in the rooms working with the patients. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, are you giving Botox? You know? All on here, you know, I've always... <laughs> just everybody was caught. Like, um, is there some process of how the hospital reaches out to people or people reach out to them? The, the doctors, I mean, or for volunteering. Yeah. How's that all working? I mean, for me, it was easier because I have a connection. So I just emailed a couple people. Hey, do you think that, you know, I, I, there's an opportunity to volunteer? Cause I'm a, I'm a GI doctor, like gastroenterology. That means we do colonoscopies and, oh. you know, find stomach ulcers. Like, I'm not sure if there was a role for that person <laughs> in Bellevue. So I emailed a couple of people who I know who are still there. And I said, you know, I still can take care of medicine patients. I can't take care of ventilators. I never was an expert in pulmonary or critical care medicine, and nobody needs a colonoscopy to treat their corona, but uh, I was willing. Anyway, so they put they just assigned me. I was just I was just like the bottom of the rung. I was just running around, seeing patients, writing notes, calling families, putting orders in. So I was doing the the legwork. I was a soldier. I wasn't like a general, you know. And right. and most anyone can do that if you're a doctor. Like it's just kind of following orders and being meticulous. So that's what I did. Um, and then I just emailed someone and you just fill out forms. So, you know, you heard Cuomo say, we need doctors, please come volunteer. So if you're listening, then maybe you would start Googling and there's a lot of opportunity to volunteer. Hopefully the surge is over, but maybe in a few weeks it won't be. And you know, there, people should think about that if they have the time and ability. Well, I have a, okay. So I have a question about that because they're saying, um, we have a million questions for you. So, uh, yeah, all cool. stuff that you hear on TV, but then like, what is it really basically? And the first one being, they say the surge is over. That's what you keep hearing, but then they're showing you like Cuomo is showing you stats that seem to what he's saying is it's over, but then it just shows it's flatlining. I mean, it's, it's the same as it was a few days ago. Yeah, I guess that just means that just seems to be new new cases are going down is what I think they're saying. Right. Yeah. And I, I, it's new cases, but it's more importantly, it's deaths. I think that people are really paying attention to the numbers who are dying. So I think the max was like almost 800 in New York city in one day. And, um, and that number is going down. doesn't mean the hospitals are any less busy or crazy, but the, Wow. But the peak maybe went down. That's it. And, and, you know, these are blips. Maybe the next day it'll go up, but I don't, I don't, I'm not up to date day to day on the stats. Yeah. It's the, it's, I think they're talking about deaths though with the surgery. And because people have to stay in the hospital, even if they're alive, they could be in the hospital for weeks on a ventilator or, you know, right. So they can still be overcrowded even if the things are going down. Yeah. Okay, um, got it. Ne- next question. Uh, what about what type of stuff is work? Do, what type of treatment is working? Do you know? I mean, nothing is working. Really? 
Yeah. I mean, every single patient now, I think across the country, when they come in with COVID, which is, um, you know, the disease process from the SARS-CoV-2 virus, um, the disease we're calling COVID-19, um, these people are getting the malaria, the chloroquinolone, the plaquenil, and they're getting azithromycin, but people are not seeing any real results. Everyone's just saying, you know, the biology of the person and the biology of the virus are going to take their course, no matter whatever nature has determined. We can throw medicine at it, but it has a course, and we don't know, and we don't think that we're altering it that much. Nobody has seen great results. And then some people are getting that HIV medication, remdesivir, but not everyone. They're doing studies in every hospital. Where is that the, the Gilead one? Is it the or the? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There's some talk about remdesivir, which is a Gilead one, and then Kaletra, which is another. Um, big HIV medicine, but I don't remember who makes Kaletra, but the data for Kaletra, I'm pretty sure is not good. And the data for remdesivir is not necessarily out yet, but um, a lot of hospitals are doing trials where one person's getting a sugar pill and one person's getting remdesivir. So we can't know that for maybe a few weeks, but I'm sure there's early numbers. And if there was a true benefit, the st all studies are stopped if there's a clear benefit, but clearly... There's not a clear benefit. Ah, Nothing okay. has been stopped. If there's, a, if there's a clear benefit, you're kind of annoyed if you're the guy getting the sugar pill. But yeah, it's a, right. It's, well, exactly. But that's how we have to find out, right? But if there's a clear right. benefit with remdesivir versus placebo, it's unethical to continue the treat. You know the. It's, oh, it's right. unethical to continue the study. Yeah. So okay. what you're saying is, when there is a clear benefit somewhere, we'll know. It, because it'll I mean, be we will know. I mean, like, uh, you know, Kaplan I, and I will know, not just doctors will yeah, know. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> this will uh, be a bigger a, story. That's it. Is that yeah. correct? I, I think it will take a few weeks or months to know, but yeah, because, you know, even if it has no effect, we should see that, right? Because the people who are getting sugar pills will get as better as the people who are getting remdesivir. So then you know that it's not helping. You know, this is what epidemiologists do. This is what right. their job is to study the numbers. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. No, nobody does, unfortunately. So, But is there, are there certain treatments that, I mean, because people have been, uh, you know, this has been going on for several weeks now. And are there, are there things that you've heard from that, have, that they weren't doing in the beginning, they're doing now that have just improving the quality of care or helping with anything? Or is it just sort of um, experimenting well, still? Or like the quality of yeah. increasing the chances or anything? No. Um, the uh, only thing that has been shown to help a little bit right now, I think, and this is just in a moment, I don't know if it's mortality, which means I don't know if it's saving lives, but when we're having a hard time giving oxygen to people or we're using too much, uh, everyone's getting this thing called pronation where we're literally turning patients who are on their backs on a machine on a ventilator and a team of people are coming and putting them on their belly. Right. Which is not normal when you're on a ventilator, right? It's, it's really, it looks really uncomfortable. Um, right. it's called pronation. And why so, does that um, help? Um, so I'll just say again, I'm not a pulmonary expert, but it's okay. about like, if you're lying in your back and you're getting all these fluids, um, it's about gravity. And like, if everything's sinking kind of to the back, to your back, cause you're lying on your back 24 seven, then the lung in the back doesn't fill up with air as well. So if you put yourself on your belly, you're kind of letting the dependent gravity areas that are getting maybe filled with fluid or edema, we call it, you're letting that aerate and letting it ventilate and letting oxygen pass through otherwise soggy 
bogged down lungs. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're just affecting gravity. You're right. just like, you know. I know gravity. Uh, I, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kaplan's a real expert on gravity. I, he brags I have a teaching it. gravity in, in my distance learning over here. So, yeah. <laughs> and right, what, exactly. Yeah. It, it, what about um so what's it, i mean like cuomo like the other cuomo the tv cuomo was yeah, saying yeah. he's like a real expert now and uh he was saying that um something about aspirin is like bad for him or is it ty- or is it advil i'm not sure what's that thing that people Ibu- are saying about advil or ibuprofen ibuprofen yeah yeah, yeah. Advil no, is advil. A brand name oh, yeah. for ibuprofen um again i don't i don't know if that has been proven but yeah, there was all these rumors about certain blood bands and ibuprofen putting you at higher risk for a bad infection or for dying from the infection or getting it. I don't even remember, but I don't I don't know that that's true. Okay, so that's like up in the air. Who knows? It, that's that. Well, yeah, just... that I definitely read something a couple weeks ago. And then the same with like vitamin C. People are saying vitamin C is something you need. We had a, we had another expert on a couple weeks ago. Who told us he told us vitamin C and you guys uh, are cutting out a little bit. Sorry. Oh, we had another expert on a couple weeks ago who told us vitamin C and saunas were were, were helpful. Is that any truth to you, these? <laughs> was it Gwyneth Paltrow? It was. It was. It wasn't Gwyneth Paltrow? I think so. It was. It was. It was a big follow of hers. No. It was close. It was comedian Jimmy Schubert. Yes. He's a Los Angeles based stand up comedian. Yeah, no. No, nothing. I don't, I don't think so. I didn't read any, I haven't read anything about that. No. I mean, it's all like, you know, vitamin C is pretty safe, you know? So, sure, give him vitamin C, give him vitamin D, put him out, take him outside for a walk, you know? I'm teasing, but. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. We don't have any good data on that stuff, so I would never say that that will mm. fix you or cure you. But we want um, to cure, cure, but okay. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing. I mean, people are not doing well, and you know, there's there's so much. There's a lot of death, and uh, it's terrible. If there was something, um, people would be using it. You know, I, I assure you, everyone was, was desperate. Was the hospital situation in Bellevue? You know, because we're hearing all these things about like shortages of gowns and masks and things like. Was it was it like that, or was it by the time you got there, they kind of rectified that situation? Or I think Bellevue, because it's the biggest city hospital, seemed to be okay. Um, but but supplies were being used so quickly that when you ran out, everyone was like, "Well, where do I find the next supply?" And then it, and then it would show up. So it's just there's so many people, so many patients, so many nurses and doctors, extra people in the hospital that things are getting used quickly. But um. Bellevue seems okay. We're still all reusing masks. So we're okay if we are reusing and being very responsible with our PPE, if that makes sense. Nobody's ever reused masks before. They used to just toss them out. Like they leave the room, they toss them out, right? Every single time. I've done thousands of colonoscopies. Every single time I change my gloves, I change my gown, I change my mask. Every single time. And now we're not doing that. And I do have friends in hospitals across New York who are using the same, you know, leaving one gown in a patient's room and reusing it over and over, which is terrible. Um, but we did have enough if we reused it and we limited our time in the patient's room. So we didn't like, normally we'd go into a patient's room in the ICU three, four five times a day. We were trying to go in once. Okay, so you, you can know? just put the mat gown on. So you need a gown for each room. That kind of thing where you have a specific well, I, We didn't have to do that, but I okay. had a friend, yeah, who was, yeah. but we would, use the mask. And and if you're going from COVID to COVID to COVID, people were using the same gown and, and headgear and everything like that. 
you have to be really mindful. Cause then if you have to go pee, for example, and take it all off, you have to start over, you know, like you have uh, to think about your bathroom breaks. And you it's like going about... skiing. I mean, it's just, I can't, you just totally. can't go, <laughs> go bathroom. Totally. And we know how dangerous skiing is for you. <laughs> oh, good segue. It's oh, a professional snap. podcast host here. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Before we were on air, you were, you were asking you me if here. I, yeah, she asked me how my heart is. And then she asked me if I've become a vegan yet. And um, because Kaplan, you, you wait, uh, uh, Lizzie, I have a question for you. Is it responsible? Do you think that when you're in the hospital that you had a heart attack, maybe a day earlier to be sneaking <laughs> uh, chicken Parmesan sandwiches into the hospital? To That's eat? a big exaggeration. That's what you were Sorry, doing. You? I wanted your one, wife. Was my wife chicken brought one. Exactly. Not me. Would I you didn't do give it for you They're for you to eat? doesn't matter who's the one sneaking them in. Is that a good I, idea or not? Um, that uh, is a that Dr. is a Ross. bad idea. Thank you for that softball. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, I miss the days though when I was in such poor shape that like even though she brought it in, I could take one bite and that's all I could eat. Now I'm yeah. now I'm sitting around and it's a disaster. I'm 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 gonna I'm just gaining all the weight back I lost in the heart attack. Oh. I sit around all day eating snacks and it's not good. So you you think I should become vegan though? That's your professional opinion. I have to say. Um, that I, I've tried to go vegan. It's really, it's really hard. I hate beans, like a lot of beans. Um, and that's yeah, everything exactly. that's vegan is all beans and like artificial cheese is maybe the cruelest thing that's ever been created in humanity. Um, worse than like a coronavirus. I'm just kidding. Worse. Um, Agreed. Wow. Worse. I, yeah. Uh, it's gross. But, um, but there is some studies that say like if I was 41 and I had a heart attack, Mm. I think I'd probably go vegan. It's a little <laughs> early. It's not Dr. Ross. It's a little early for a heart attack. Oh, it's it's a little early. bit early. Yeah. And I think if I was walking around with like a vest that was de- a defibrillator on my chest in case my heart stopped. Yeah. I think I'd go vegan. Dr. Ross. See, he had, <laughs> he, he had heroes full of uh, chicken Parmesan sandwiches in that vest. <laughs> in the pockets of the vest. No, I had cheesesteaks, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. This was great because that was a security blanket back when I had I that. Mean, I wish I had that now. Then I could do whatever I wanted again. Right. But the least was, you should do is I would absolutely avoid like fried foods and like red meat. And, you know, okay. definitely, no, I don't even want to hear the word cheesesteak out of your mouth. Like, please. Chicken yeah. parm is like breaded chicken smothered in che- No. Absolutely no. not. All right, I no chicken parm and no cheese steaks. No. Is yeah. he more not to bring it, make it serious again? But is he more susceptible if he gets corona? Is that worse for a cap, or does one not have to do with the other in terms of heart attacks? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, apparently, corona is not really discriminating with people, adults. Um, it's not been attacking children, which is awesome. That's the only good thing about it, really, so far. But we are seeing young people and old people alike, and. Um, but with any disease in the whole world, the older you are and the sicker you are, the higher risk you are. So I do think having a history of a heart attack at age 41, mm. you immediately are in that category. Of my age. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just so, it's so young. It is so young. Well, then that's good so, for uh, Corona if he's young, right? It is good. But now on his heart, on his list is, his heart's I think 65. maybe high cholesterol, coronary artery disease mm. that, that you are just sicker. You know, you're not old, hey. but you're, you know, 
I have low I'm cholesterol, sorry. but yeah. <laughs> well, now you do because you're on a statin. Yeah, I forgot to take my medicine yesterday for the first time ever oh. last night, and I, I survived. But it's yeah, it's very alarming. It's <laughs> it so much on my. So all right, yeah. so I'm going to not become a vegan, but I'm going to eat more vegetables, and I'm going to eat less red meat and less chicken parmigiana, less cheese. I'm not going to eat. I don't. I don't actually eat cheese sticks in New York, so I'm pretty safe because I can never go to Philadelphia again. Apparently, so okay, never again. I mean, uh, if you need it, what? No, go ahead. If you need a cheesesteak, then maybe like once a year or something. Like you once can't have to no, stop. You don't need total deprivation. This is such, you an, don't such an American um, thing. I do need. Do you need a cheesesteak? Do you need a ham sandwich? What? Do you need a ham sandwich? Yeah, but I, I'm also. <laughs> I don't exactly. need. I, first of all, very I'm gentile. I need a ham sandwich. I'm a gentile. I was. I was going to tell Kaplan to just stick with matzo ball soup. It's pretty. Yeah, it's yeah there you How's go. How's that? Is that? But it's so salty. It seems like it's always the whole Passover holiday was trying to kill me. I feel like. Yeah. yeah but well, yeah. this brings yeah. us back to the topic. Is it? Um, is it true that more men are getting coronavirus than women? That does seem to be true. Um, mm. I'm no idea news. why. Yeah. More, more bad news yeah. for Cap. Yeah. yeah, I am a man. I guess both I, of us. If I start identifying as a woman, maybe I can dodge it. But we'll there see. You go. It's, a, it's a progressive virus, Cap. Right. Right. But you and you're um, you seeing patients uh, on the computer, right? Like telemedicine. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of phone calls and video visits. That's um, all my job right now, especially since I just got back from New York. I'm going to stay away from patients for a little bit, but. Do you have, in San Francisco, are you allowed? What's the what are the current rules now for like the, you you you're not allowed to be in the office, are you? Or, or if it's an emergency, or because I went to New York, or because of just every no, there, I don't know what their general rule. I thought they like totally they were in shelter in place, hard more hardcore than we were. So we yeah, well we've been shelter in place I think for about five days longer than New York, um, and and we don't know maybe that's what the difference is because the Bay Area has really been exceptionally quiet in just compared to new york yeah example. i mean but, um, i saw the california statistics i couldn't believe that new york, like we have more than 10 times the amount of cases now than in our state and it's, and it's mostly the city than the rest of the state and and the suburbs yeah. of new york uh, it's incredible because san francisco is a really big chinese population as well and if it came from wuhan you yeah. know or originated there then i'm just we're all just very surprised and trying to understand what happened or maybe some lesser strain less virulent strain less deadly strain came through in january already nobody knows what's going on really but it's it's great for san francisco well um I was yeah, reading, uh... shelter in place. but if it's an emergency patients are coming to the office i would argue that very few emergencies need to come to the office if they're really sick then they need to go to the emergency room or stay home you know what i mean so we're trying to not bring people for any routine office visits yeah, we're doing lots of phone calls i think we're over 90 percent phone and video visits at this point at our hospital which is amazing yeah that's because i have i had my first telemedicine appointment last week and i have another one probably coming up next week and yeah. it's i don't i don't think i can it's like i don't think i can go back to shaking hands again i don't think i can yeah. go back i don't think i can go back as a patient to go to the doctor's office it's like why i mean it just feels like oh we could have done this this whole time because my dad's a foot doctor to talk about i know that like <laughs> doctors doctors don't want to be bothered at home ever uh yeah but um i don't know how you're gonna get Kevin, back to doing that, a, doctors <laughs> people well what about a I mean, foot doctor needs to examine your foot right so like a heart doctor i can just ask you 
how's your breathing? How's your mm. swelling? You know, but how does, how do they listen to your heart? Is there some sort That's, of app yeah, that you I, use to listen to your heart? We haven't got that to that. I haven't had a cardiologist appointment yet, so I don't know. Oh, okay. That might be the one we need to it because I feel like, yeah, because are you, are you going to keep your, uh, do you keep your patients waiting? for like 25 minutes past the, that's what I feel like doctors can do to keep it <laughs> on the phone too. No, yeah. Read some magazines at home. Here, I'm going to send you the app for highlighter magazine or whatever. Fill out these uh, 10 pages of forms while you're yeah, exactly. sign your name I mean, 37 it's, times. It's, it's, it's funny. There's some patients that are actually very hard to get off the phone. So I am a little late. And then there's all these zoom meetings that also sometimes go over. So mm. ironically, now that we no longer have any excuse to be late about traffic and this and that, like I'm still a little late sometimes, but I feel like people are pretty forgiving. Everyone's yeah. very nice to the healthcare worker industry at this moment in time. It has um, been really, yeah, we're all very appreciative of the healthcare workers. That's... Yeah. The 7 PM applause in like New York city. I caught it one night. It's just, it's really so moving. I mean, I don't Kaplan know. was against it. <laughs> I was, on this podcast, it was a bat. He didn't like I it. I was filming it and I got yelled at for not clapping. And I was like, I have to, I can't, you gotta, I gotta, uh, so do people get, were you actually getting off at seven o'clock? This is solve, solve a riddle here. Were you, was I, was I were getting you, what? Were you actually getting off of work at seven o'clock or? Like, where does the 7 p.m. come Kaplan's from? Kaplan's a know? denier that, it, that, <laughs> that doctors actually get off at 7 o'clock. I mean, I just want to make sure doctors are hearing it. I don't are know how they're hearing it. Are, are you in the hospital at 7 p.m.? Do you change shifts? Like, what's the... Oh, no. Yeah. that's That was the only problem. So my first night, I landed at, like, 6 p.m. So I was in the city around 7 p.m., so I heard it. But every other night, I was in the hospital, so I missed it every night. And I was oh. telling the residents that I was working with, I was like, we should go outside because it's called sign out, you know, the day team signs out to the night team and the night team comes five or 10 minutes early. So they come in around six forty five or six fifty, And then we talk about the patients and then I leave by seven ten or seven fifteen. So everyone misses it. Oh, <laughs> saying, I was right. I was right. That's what I was saying. I was like, I don't yeah. think they change shifts the way like taxi cabs change at four o'clock. Exactly. Right, in the city. Right. They got to get like, it's not right. that seamless. You don't just walk in and be like, right. Like this, so yeah, it should exactly. be twice. It should be at six forty. No, six forty. Totally right. It's seven fifteen. Oh, right. It's not a baton. You don't just like give somebody a like a piece. Yeah, of I just like, tag out. out. Like, you figure it out. Look at <laughs> I was telling the residents, like, I'm like, you guys, like, maybe to figure out how to do this sign out exchange that we're doing outside every day. <laughs> like, it's just that's really hard. Yeah, get some air. There's a, no, no, no. I blue, and we call it an airway team. Like, you have to be in the hospital. <laughs> but maybe some people should try to get outside because it's it's really. It's so moving and really energizing, I think, for them to hear. But, you know, nobody's in the hospital every day for three straight weeks. There's always a day off. So maybe, you know, they take that opportunity on their day off. But you are totally right. You do not get to hear it. And, you know, it's really been picking up steam. Now they're adding musical numbers. Uh, the other night we all sang New York, New York uh, after the clapping. Oh, and then we started, uh, Lean yeah. On Me, I believe, is this week. How do, you know, Cap, how do you know what to sing? How do we know what to sing? Uh, Randy, how do we know what to sing? You might have to log on to the website. There's a website. There's like a, it's like a, you have to, yeah. It's simulcast on FM radio. It's simulcast on local radio here now. It's become a whole thing, but you got to get your pots and your pans out and you really make a ton of noise. And this is how music. I've been saying we're entering the, um, the, uh, uh, the Great Depression again. And this is how you know the, the radio's back. The radio's back. Yeah. 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 FM radio. Radio. Another yeah. sign. And we're hoarding. 
And everyone's hoarding. And even they even tried playing Imagine one day, which I feel again, you know, no, that's out. That's out. Move on. Yeah, whatever name is. Celebrities ruined that song, but yeah, it is a nice thing. I'm glad. My co-host is Avocado Toast, the new Liver and Onions. World War Two stuff. Exactly. We're not. A couple last questions. Wait, I have a couple last Corona-related questions. What about can we eat? Takeout, like there's this whole. Thing. Speaking of avocado toast, can we eat takeout food, or is it is it does it last on? Like if they sneeze under the food at, at a restaurant, are you done? Well, then you're fucked. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think. I mean, if it's on someone's hands, you can get it. But I'd like to think that food is cooked to a temperature that's so high, and we don't think for too long. So, I mean, I also, I, for me, it's a balance. Like I also want to support local businesses, and I also need to eat. So, um. I think that takeout food is okay, but I know some people are not okay with it. Wouldn't I don't you like we have to, good data. Okay. Wouldn't you also like to think that in these times, more than any other times, if somebody sneezes on your food, they don't give it to you? Like, I understand the old days, you're like, well, we already made it. I can't make another one. But I would like to think that the people who work at restaurants are like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that out and make it again. Because I, I don't know. Seems like really shitty thing to do. No. <laughs> do you think that sorry restaurant workers would put Corona in there? Well, I'm saying you're saying if someone sneezes on it, like a, uh, uh, I'm thinking like in the old days, I always oh. assume shit happens in a restaurant. We don't yeah. see it; it's out of sight, out of mind. But I really yeah. hope that nowadays with Corona, people are like, no, shoot, I just sneezed. I should. <laughs> but who I think knows? That's, that's fair, and I think restaurants are hanging on by a string. So mm. I would guess if I owned a restaurant, I would make everyone wear masks. You know, and like. You know, because yeah. the last thing you need is Corona being traced back to your restaurant. And then and then you have like a health code violation during this. Like you, then you're done. Your business is yeah. over. Like everyone's already hanging by a string. I think well, my guess yeah. is people are trying to be really careful about that stuff. And I saw I, I, I saw this uh, study. I don't know if you saw it was like about a Chinese restaurant, a restaurant in Wuhan, where they did a whole study. They chased back a lot of cases to this one restaurant. And they found that everybody had sat like near the air conditioning vent, like the same vent. And oh. so I'm thinking this summer, if they open up restaurants again, I'm only going to be eating at restaurants outdoors or ones that don't have air conditioning and, you know, don't have any ventilation. <laughs> just, I don't know what you think of that theory, but. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Chicken, I like it. Chicken parm outside. What do you call the fake cheese? To, uh, it's not tofu. <laughs> it's like tape or no idea. vegan, yeah. uh, vegan no. food. Yeah, but vegan about, food outdoors. Right? And then same thing goes for like wiping down groceries when we get it, or washing yeah. vegetables, that kind of thing. I know people who do. I've that. always washed my veggies and fruit. Um, <laughs> wow, really? Cause, cause think about it. Like a guy is like putting it on a stand. How many times have you seen those fruit and the veggies like drop on the ground? Like I always wash it. But I just wash it with like unless water. Cooking it unless it's going in the well, oven. Soap, you know, but for, like a piece of fruit, like an apple. My goodness, I wash it always. So, mm. but no, I don't wash like the plastic wrapper of my chicken, my raw chicken, you know, like, no, I don't do that. Cause anything also in my mind that's going to be cooked at 200, 300, 500 degrees it's going to be fine. You're going to cook. The virus can't live at that temperature, you know? Mm. Look at that. Or you can put the food in your sauna. Exactly. So global warming is good for the, good for the, uh, getting rid of the virus. <laughs> All right. You're food, right. Food outdoors in the sauna, vegan. Boom. With, uh, with a vitamin C supplement. No, I was kidding about that. There we go. There, that's Done. how we get over this. All right. Uh, well, Dr. Then, Ross, we're running yeah. out of uh, our, the, 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 the systems are all shutting down right now. The phone keeps cutting out. So thank you so and much. We can, and your podcast again is called The House of Pod, correct? The House of Pod, a medical podcast. Exactly. And we, and we, and, 
that's the only other podcast we will support on this on our <laughs> part at the moment. We don't usually give out endorsements of other pods, but for oh, more, thank you. A weekly uh, medical advice. Yeah, we try to destigmatize some of the crazy stuff about medicine, make it silly and informative. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. iTunes, so check it out. Am I the only guest you've ever had? I was a guest once. Was I the only guest you ever had on who's had a heart attack still at 40? Yes, you're definitely the only 41-year-old who's had it. (laughs) Look at that. I'm famous. (laughs) Yeah. No, definitely. You're the only one because it's a, a crazy story, you know, and I hope that you're doing well and that you don't need any more chicken parm or philly cheesesteaks <laughs> all right well if your guys podcast gets big enough where i really want to be a guest again i might have to have, have oh, eat a lot please. of chicken parm so. no. oh my god, oh my god. we're, we're so huge good. we are oh, huge. huge oh no all right i'm gonna go get a parm chicken parm all now right. all right anyway thank you so right, much thanks, thanks for having me on all right thank you thank you for thanks. thanks for everything you're doing and we'll talk soon sure thank you right. bye cap let's get to the news mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, we're back, Kaplan. Thank you to Dr. Ross for joining us. We should have her back again. Like she's our, she's you know, she's our regular doctor on the show, medical expert. We should yeah do a whole once in a while segment. You're not a real show. We're gonna have have a doctor. We're gonna have future pandemics. We all know that. So we all know. Of course, we will. Cap. Before we get to the news, we have some breaking news from you, and I think this dovetails in nicely to another business idea. Yeah, because uh, before we earlier in the day, I noticed the oil futures were crashing. And it was down to like eight cents a barrel, then it was down to one cent a barrel. And now I have breaking news that while we were recording, it went to negative territory, which means that you have to take the oil. So they're basically paying you to take oil if you want to grab a barrel wherever they keep them. Yes, and uh, this means I am no longer unemployed. My new job is the person who takes oil. Yeah, you just have like a backyard. You put him in Tyler's backyard and just like we're just gonna stuff. fill up his backyard with oil <laughs> barrels, and you can pay me. I charge fifty dollars to give me oil. This is the best business idea of all time. Yes, yeah, strategic reserves, your own. Everyone can have their own. Instead of having your own gun, the Second Amendment, we give her an oil amendment. We can hide him under you know, the right? trampoline in the backyard. 
my parents have a lot of property. Uh, I got a storage facility. I could put. Can I fit them under my bed? I don't know how big are is a barrel. Sure. It's a big barrel. Yeah, it's a it's a medium size barrel. Could I put one in my car and then like I don't need gas for a while? I just <laughs> yes, just put it in. Just put the oil. I guess you have to refine it somehow, right? This you can't just kind put of it right insane here. because oil's gonna come back. It's not gonna be at zero negative forever, right? I mean, like it's the best idea ever to take oil. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah, we can frack it ourselves. Let's frack it. Well, Oh, that'll real. We'll really trigger producer Matt and others if we if we start fracking our own oil. Is he an anti fracker? Yeah. No, actually, he was probably. I was thinking. Uh, he was uh, kind of neutral on fracking. He just knows a lot about it. I, uh, I by the way, we're oh. going to get him on. He's going to be on the Patreon show this week for everyone wondering what happened to producer Matt. He's going to call in. But now let's get to the news. Kaplan, yeah. first news story of the week. Huffington Post. Tennis star Novak Djokovic reveals he's an anti-vaxxer during a recent live stream. So what happened is tennis um, has kicked around this idea of being able to come back very soon for tournaments as long as one. Well, I guess once a vac, maybe not very soon, once a vaccine is available, coming back and giving everyone, every player the vaccine and maybe not having fans there, but at least having the guys uh, and, and women run out and play matches i guess you would call them um on on television and this is a great idea yeah i think tennis is probably gonna plan to come back before there's a vaccine by the way but yeah this is the okay well this is one way to do it and he said whoa 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 hold the phone i'm an anti-vaxxer and i will never get a vaccine and now they don't know what to do because he's the number one player in the world is he not he is the number one player in the world. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't know this about him, uh, that he's an anti-vaxxer. I don't know if it's just, he thinks he's going to get autism from this or what does he think? But um, this is great for Roger Federer. Roger Federer now should push for them to do this plan because then Novak will have to retire and Federer can you know, get a few more rings. Because you know, they canceled Wimbledon. They, I don't know if you've seen it. And the U.S. Open, well, they haven't canceled it here in New York. They're using the U.S. Open site as like a hospital, I think, right? Yes. So, so they can't just start playing tennis uh, anytime soon. So they're probably going to cancel that too. So, I, I mean, we're uh, Novex. I, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, these athletes maybe don't know better. He might be someone can educate him, and he might be saw that as well. I think that this is something like there's all this. The NBA has been trying for uh, uh, the whole month now. Like, oh, when do we come back? What are we going to get to do? And there's all this talk. Well, we get a vaccine. We can vaccinate the players, and then, or we can put them all in a place. They're overlooking the fact that there's like um, half the players in the NBA are flat earthers. So yeah. <laughs> this is going to affect every team. I, I don't. Really I yeah, yeah. don't want to get a vaccine. Oh, but, but I don't understand why the tennis um, can't come back sooner because they don't – if you're going to do no fans, I don't know why they need – like if they just made the guys get their own balls like when we play tennis, yes. like they don't have a ball boy, make them get their own balls. Maybe we have all this technology now where they can call all the outlines with a computer. You need like one ref just to make sure – like stand up. He's sitting up on a chair high above. He can be the overruler and just make sure the game goes smoothly. I don't know why you can't need – and then people say, well, your hands touch the ball. Well, each point is a different ball. I don't know. Like there's like videos of people in Italy playing tennis on rooftops. Have you seen this? It's pretty cool where like people are hitting tennis balls from roof to roof to each other. Oh, wow. So they can do it. And, and then no one's saying that's wrong. I don't know. Tennis is one of the few sports because like tennis, you know, crowds. It would be weird for me if they bring back basketball or football without crowds because it's like part of the event. It's like crowd noise. It'd be pretty boring, yeah. But tennis is a quiet. You know what they say in the French Open? See who play. They want quiet, please. There's supposed to be no. There's no noise. If there's noise during a match, they stop. They yell at you. Kaplan, I, 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 
Yeah, I it's like love, the perfect sport for this. I love this Bring idea. Let's have them play on rooftops. And, yeah, and rooftops. If you fall off from one roof to the other, <laughs> if you fall off the roof, it's part of the game. That's part of the game. It's like a video game. And and we make you know, tennis, let's be honest. Since the days of John McEnroe, it is not nearly as popular as it used to be. Oh, and here's the great idea. It gets this score more popular. What about you have those nets like they have at the Foxconn factory in China where if people jump out and try to kill themselves, they just hit the net and bounce <laughs> right back up in? We could do that, put the nets out. So if they fall off the side of the building, they just fall into a net. That's great. And what happens if you if you fall into the net, do you get back up? Or do you get like, are you out? No, you it's get like, a, couple it's of those like a trampoline effect. It bounces you back in. <laughs> bounces you back. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is playing. We should have Sandra our, uh, Harwood, our tennis writer of the pod, back on to uh, throw these ideas by her. <laughs> I think, well, well, yeah, let's do it. We'll throw it out to her. I think it's a great idea. Next story, Kaplan. This comes to, comes to us from Michael H. Weber, who's related. He's the nephew of Sandra Harwood, our tennis Yeah, player. he's really a big Weber theme this podcast. Go on. Big Weber theme. Neo-Nazi. Oh, wait, here we go. Uh, this is from Global News Canada. Neo-Nazi mm. commander unmasked as 13-year-old kid in Estonia. That's amazing. How about that? <laughs> Online, he was known as Hail Hitler 8814, the so-called commander of a neo-Nazi group with plans to bomb CNN and attack a U.S. synagogue in hopes of starting a race war. Kaplan, this was not any small-time thing. The people at the to be serious, the people at the Christchurch bombing um, cited this guy as one of their like influencers. Oh, okay. Thirteen-year-old Nazi gamer on the internet. He's a gamer. He's a, oh yeah, he's a gamer as well. He's a that's why his gamer name is Hail Hitler eight eight one four, which should have been a clue, right? Because if you're a real adult Nazi, you probably don't have a name like that. You're a little more subtle, no? Well, not only that, but his main game he was playing was Mario Kart, I've right. well, which is more than child's <laughs> game. Well, do you think that is the Hail Hitler eight eight one four because there's eighty eight hundred and thirteen other Hail Hitlers, and he got the. Or, or I think it's or is that like a lucky number? No, he was born in 1988, or his no, mom no, was no. born. No, no, no. I think his mom was born in 1988. He was born in 2014. <laughs> his mom—that's uh, what it is. So you know, he's 13. So he was born. Yeah, oh my God, it's incredible. You know, Teddy Kaplan is playing uh, the Switch. She's playing Mario Kart. He plays Mario Aces. Speaking, speaking of wacky tennis rules, he's obsessed. He plays it online. He's up to 13 tournament wins now. He's got these three friends, he says. He calls them friends. And he, he's online, and he sits there, and he checks their profiles, and he can see all the games. He tells me all about his friends. Is one of them Hail Hitler 8814? I should check, because maybe he can challenge, if he has any Nazi leader friends, he could be like the Jesse Owens of the uh, video game world and take this kid down. in like Because uh, 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 this is unbelievable, like, that these my, my I have no way of knowing. How do they know? Like, is there a way to see what games he's playing to see if the kid's a Nazi leader? I know. I yeah. I don't. I think here's how you do it. First of all, because you're right. You don't know. You don't know if Teddy's best friend is the um, leader of a Nazi group that's planning to bomb CNN. You. Have, I mean, but I I have a question for you. Would I rather the guy, the kid, be a third? His best friend be a a fellow like twelve year old, eleven year old, ten year old Nazi. Leader, or would I rather, or, or not, would I rather be a thirteen-year-old Nazi leader, but at least he's still a kid? Yeah. Or would I rather be a forty-year-old, perfectly nice person, but he's a forty-year-old guy who, for some reason, is friends with my kid? You know, which I one's would say better? Forty-year-old guy who's friends with a kid. You would rather have it be uh, Joe, listen. You'd rather have it be Joe Schaefer than a Nazi leader. Would yeah, you but the Nazis get the Nazi thirteen-year-old at least is not a pedophile. 
<laughs> okay. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. You're the parent. You're the parent. You know better than I do. You have a you have a perspective I don't have. Um, Kaplan, here's what you do. If you want to find out if Teddy's best friends with a Nazi leader uh, mm-hmm. in Estonia, who's an Estonian boy. Teddy has to go around telling I've done this theory has worked once before in my life, which I'd love to tell you about, but he has to go around bragging about how he's Jewish and all the high holidays and what he's celebrating Passover and all these things. And then those people will suss themselves out. This has happened before. And a friend of mine was in, this is a uh, 2005 China. I want to say my friend. I'll only give first names. My friend Shannon, he's a man, was dating a girl from the United Arab Emirates. It, it went well for a couple months. She was very attractive, but um, had an had a, a a mean streak to her. She had an she had a, a temper. <laughs> let's say she had oh, a temper. okay, she was, it. which is the best women always are. Of course, she was flipping out on him, Cash. and he said, "I don't know. I want to break up with her, but I don't know how to break up with her. She's going to flip out if I just say, hey, 'Hey, I'm breaking up with you.' So we devised a plan. We said, where is she from?'" He said, United Arab Emirates. We said, okay, what you need to do is start talking about how you're very pro Israel. Just <laughs> <laughs> randomly in conversation. Yeah. And if you bring this up enough, she will eventually stop talking to you and break up with you. This he, is like the Seinfeld episode with George. Right? Like, he said, great idea. He started doing it. And if Kaplan, if I'm lying, hang me from the rafters. It worked like a charm. Within a week, she broke up with him. The relationship was over. Because did he even brush up on? I mean, he wasn't Jewish, right? No, he's a Gentile American. But I think he is pro-Israel, as many of us. I wish you would have called me up to. to, I could have consulted and given him tidbits of things to talk about. Ben Gurion, the Negev. I would have we had all did that. T- we spent a whole night oh. um, researching oh on God. the internet all these things uh, for him to say. Gold in my ear. I, I want to name our firstborn Golda. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he, he was writing down notes and then he took him into this conversation. He had him in his pocket like I would, like a stand up set in case <laughs> he amazing. forgot the talking points. <laughs> she uh, blew up. She, she blew up, but like not in the way that, hey, I'm breaking up with you. That would be much more of a blow up. It was more of a disagreement about politics. And then, uh, but it only took about a week for her just to stop talking to him that's that's uh did you get any angry i would like to know uh, not that i could partake but i would love to just know Did you get like anti so one passionate night of anti hate zionism sex <laughs> like like just a total fuck your jewish state I'm going to blow your brains out, uh, bang your brains out. Sex. I have no idea, but uh, I, I will double check. Double um, check. Have I'll double. Anyway, that's that theory is what I think Teddy Kaplan needs to implement. And should we go to our last <laughs> a version of that? But OK, much, I forgot that's what we were talking about. Go on. version of that. Last story of the week. Kaplan comes to us from Insider, which I don't know what that is, but that's a website. Who knows? Hungry, hungry rats may turn to cannibalism during the coronavirus outbreak and it could lead to a breed of aggressive, resilient rats in New York City in the future. Oh, my God. Yeah, because there's no people out there. To, the rats are starving to death, apparently. They're eating themselves. Oh, right. my Lord. And so when we, we when they open the doors to New York City back up again, we're going to be chased by cannibal rats? <laughs> we can't go back in there. Like, everyone's like, I can't believe New Yorkers are still riding the subway. If those New Yorkers weren't still riding the subway, at least dropping a few crumbs here or there. These rats would be uh, they'd be taken over the city by now. I mean, there's cannibal rats in New York City. If this, if you can't get a discount on your rent right now, just give up. You are a bad negotiator. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, Capital, are you guys still playing, paying full price right now? We're paying full price. That's yeah. Insane. I mean, I, but my rent's below Mark. It's a big, this is our building's owned by related, which is a Steven Ross company, which he's a big, uh, oh, yeah, he's Steven the owner. Ross. Yeah. He's not exactly a friend of the uh, rent, rent discount game. So it's not going to come down, but we're rent stabilized. So we're our term. Like the economy being shitty is good long term for us because the rents won't rise. I mean, they rise slowly here anyway, but the rising is slower. Your rent's already a great deal, but we don't have a lot of rats in uh, Long Island City. It's a real oasis in New York. I, there's like I call one out one like pathway in the park. I call Rat Alley because I saw like a rat there once. Yeah, but like and Randy will never go down there again. But like I do not see. I mean, this, oh, that's actually a great thing in the summertime. You see some rats because all these people come here and they leave food around. But with less people here and with no picnics. Yeah, they're There's eating no themselves. Rats. There's a bonus positive for Long Island City people. There won't be no rats this summer in Long Island City. They're eating themselves underground. Where are they eating themselves? Well, yeah. there's cannibals it- somewhere. It's in the news. It's in Insider, whatever that means. How do they – yeah. I just had a – do rats have trained themselves to attack themselves or do they like incorporate like a cat and be like, hey. I think it's like the daughter party. When there's nothing else <laughs> left to eat, you eat each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's interesting. So that's oh, it. Right. Yep, that's the that's, podcast. That's, that's, that's where we are in New York. Great job by you, uh, Fleeing. Exactly. That's when you when you return to Brooklyn, you, you guys are gonna walk into your apartment, just gonna be like a bunch of mice, or rats, just like we're taking over, the fuck God. out, with My. a gun pointed at you, with a gun pointed at us. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the, the pod. Show. That's it, uh, Doctor Ross. Thank you for doing it, Kaplan. That's all. Well, we'll see. I will see you tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday on Life in the Bunker. But for now, what should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.